Hello everyone, welcome to the European Hoops Podcast, a Sportsitos presentation. My name is André, I'm your host, and this is my co-host, Tiago Cordeiro. How are you doing, Tiago? Hello guys, uh, let's talk about the, the thing that we like the most, let's do it. We start with the news that happened this week, Alec Peters is starting to ramp up his activity and should return to Olympiacos soon. Matt Thomas was confirmed by Paratinaikos as we spoke in the previous podcast, they also announced the signing of Agravanis. Austin Hollins was ruled out for the season for Maccabi Tel Aviv. We will start hitting the games of Run 22 on day one. We started with Fenerbahce Olympiacos. The final score was 73-93. The top individual performance of this game were by the MVP Thomas Walkup with 12-5-7. Isaiah Cannon had 25-1 and and hitted 6 of 9 from 3 points. And Papa Nicolau had 21-3-2. Goodrich was the best for Fenerbahce with 24-4-4. Tiago, which matchups were you looking at and how did they unroll on this game? The matchup that I was looking for uh, before the game was Thomas Walkup against Wilbekin. And Thomas Walkup got way better than Wilbekin. I, I like the the way that Walkup is playing right now. He was a defender, a great defender, but now he's turning to a real good uh, offensive player. He's been a threat. He scored 12 points. Wilbekin got zero. Um, Wilbekin was uh, frustrated, uh, so Walkup for me got got the better game. And before the game, uh, I told that I, I want to see Isaiah Cannon performing well because they they needed him to step it up, and he scored twenty points. So I'm looking forward to to see if Isaiah can Isaiah Cannon can keep up the good momentum. This one was a blowout. Uh, I like the the way Olympiacos is playing right now. Yeah, this was a tough loss for Fenerbahce. They are, st- they are still down few players, namely Bielica. Slokas was out for Olympiacos, and but they still performed at a very high level. Olympiacos had only 10 active players for this game, but Bratsokas was able to set the team to dominate the game since the very first possession of the game. Olympiacos started the game 8-0, and they never looked back. Olympiacos kept Fenerbahce Fenerbahce scoreless for 4 minutes and 23 se- three seconds to start the game. And they had gr- very good performance across the board, including Larenzakis with 11 points in 4 minutes and giving them uh, some production off the bench. The Like you mentioned, Wibelkin was frustrated and with a double technical with 3.56 left in the second quarter, following a 15-0 round from Olympiacos, uh, got him out of the game. Uh, Olympiacos rim protection caused some troubles to Fenerbahce and we so Motley at some point struggling with, with Olympiacos' physicality in this game. Goodrich was by far the best player for Fenerbahce and uh, he kept fighting to try to keep them in the game, but they were way too far and they were down 77-51 heading into the fourth. Even with a 15-2 run to start the fourth quarter, it was too little, too late. The Olympiacos team is playing and dominating on both sides of the floor, and it's obvious that they are they are one of the best teams in the competition. What did you thought of the Fenerbahce struggles in this game? In my opinion, um, Motley struggled a lot. Uh, when he plays with physical uh, centers, he struggles a lot because he ain't that, that much physical. So I'll, I want to see him putting some weight and see if, if he can do it because Mustafa Fall is way taller than him and more physical. So you see uh, Motley... Uh, not doing so well against this this kind of uh, centers, and the struggles that Fenerbahce 
got was Olympiacos defense. Olympiacos defense is is very underrated in my opinion. They have guys like Walkup, uh, Papa Nicole is a, not a great defender but a smart defender. Vezenkov is a smart defender too, not not good defender but smart, and that's what you need uh, on defense. So I'm looking forward to see if Fenerbahce can turn turn the things around. I think they can uh, with Bialica, Bialica coming. I, I think they can. But now I see Olympiacos. Yeah, uh, Fenerbahce is in a bad moment and we will speak about their position in the standings when we speak about, about round 23, the second part of this double header. But uh, they are in a difficult moment, but they have the potential and the team to, to perform at the highest level of this EuroLeague. Olympiacos, on the other hand, with uh, very high IQ players and they are performing as one of the best, if not the best team in this moment in the EuroLeague. I totally agree with your assessment on this game and on these two teams. Moving on onto the second game, we had Milano against Basconia and uh, Milano got the win 89-83. The top performers of this game was Voitman with 16-8-1 and, and 4 of 6 from 3, Baron with 11-4-5 and, and Giedratis was the best one for Basconia with 18-6-2. and two. Which indiv- individual performance caught your eye on this game, Thiago? I was looking for uh, Chabaz Napier uh, debut, and he performed really, really good. We see uh, Milano playing way better with him on the court than off the court. In the previous uh, episodes that, that we had, I said that Milano is, um, is struggling a lot in 5-on-5 situations because they're predictable. Now, I can't predict nothing with him. So, I'm looking forward to see Timothy Luau Cabarot had a really good game, and that's his Napier job to turn the others around him better. So I'm looking forward to see it. And Voitman, they, they were needing Voitman. So 16 points is really good. Yeah. This game, Basconi was in full force and Milano is still missing Kevin Pangos, Chevron Shields, Melli. They were down few players, but Milano, especially in offense, they are, they are performing way better. And... Um, Napier seems to be the missing cog on that offense, and uh, he is making the life of the for the players around him better. And efficient Voitmans showed up again, and Diogo had kind of call for him on the the last episodes, and he had by far the best performance of the season and helped them uh, getting this win. This. Milano improved offense, and their physicality makes them a team able to compete with any team on the this edition of the EuroLeague. Do you think they can keep stealing some games the rest of the way and get uh, some unexpected wins? They will steal some games. Uh, I can see. I can see that. I don't see them not even competing to the the hate spot, but I can yeah. see them uh, stealing some 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 wins against really good teams, kind of like this Basconia team. I see them doing that. We started to see a trend of Milano trying to outscore high-scoring teams as they did on the last games. And uh, the fact that Napier is there, it just gives them an option to make the game easier for everybody. While before, they had very good players trying to perform as playmakers that it's not where they excel at. Now they have a player that is able to do that and making the other players 
being on the their right spots and performing in the positions where they can su succeed the best. And I think that's the key for seeing this Milano team being able to score 89 points in a game and outscoring Basconia while they are able to contain Basconia offense to 83 points uh, due to their physicality and ability to defend. Uh, in my opinion, let me let me just say this: Napier is a good playmaker and he can add scores. So. It's it's a really good combination. It's they were needing this at some at some point on this game they were playing Basconia ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were with a high pace in transitions. It was really nice to see this game. And it was also cool to see N Napier closing the game for them. It's yeah. a sign that uh, it's getting to where they want. And he got one turnover, one bad turnover at the at the end of the game, but. In the previous offense that he, he had, he was just making the right calls. So it's really yeah. nice to see him. Yeah, exactly. It was it's it's about making the game easier for everybody around him. Okay, moving on to the next game. It was Valencia against Bayern, and the final score of this game was 82-73. The best performance of the game was Jonah 14-5-2. He was the MVP of the game for Valencia. Javier Lopez with 10-4-2. And Cassius Wisdom was the best one for Bayern with 22-5-5-2. Which individual performances caught your eye? Andre, on this game, I wasn't even looking for a, a matchup, a player versus player. I was looking for a, a, a really good two teams that shared the ball. And in my opinion, the better team won. Uh, they shared the ball a lot. It's really nice to see Valencia playing. It's really nice to see Bayern playing, but Valencia, in my opinion, is better. So that's why they, they won this one and they were playing at home yeah and we we know that Bayern is down several players but it was important for Valencia to secure this win without Dublovic it's it, it's a very important player for them and uh, it was a very important win and they were the superior team despite the the game started with both teams playing very intense and very hard and uh, with strong defenses for both sides the first half ended 33-32 it was a very physical game and after the first half that was dominated by the defense. The third quarter ended 28-24 with both teams coming hot uh, from halftime. Valencia had two buzzer beaters to win the second and the third quarter and that gave them the lead uh, heading into the fourth quarter, 61-56. Shannon Evans and Perpolic led a 14-2 run for Valencia to start the fourth quarter. The next game was between Partizan and Asphalt. The final score was 92-71. The top performance were Panther with 22-4-2, Lasort with 12-4-2-2-1, and Yves Pond was the best one for Asphalt with 14-6-1. Which matchups were you looking at in this game and what caught your eye? I was looking for uh, Dante Exum against Dibos. Uh, Dante Exum is playing a really good game so far. He's having a high efficient games. He had 83% on two points. He's shooting now. On this game, he didn't shoot it at the three-point, but he's shooting, being consistent so far. Yeah. Partizan are stepping up and picking at the right moment, in my opinion, and they have a good chance to get in the playoffs. I'm looking forward to see if they can. Um, now I'm I'm turning in, into a fan of them. Let's see. 
Yeah, they are in a great, great moment and they are building up a great momentum in the stage of the competition. Aswell is usually a good defensive team and they struggle to contain them. Planter had already 17 of his 22 points in the first half and they had a dominant offensive performance for the first three quarters of the game. Aswell wasn't able to find any defensive solutions for them and uh, with uh, a 25-point lead heading into the fourth quarter, the story of this game had been already written and um, this was a very important and a easy win for Partizan at home. The next game was between Barcelona and Maccabi. The final score was 83-78. The top performances of this game was the MVP Corey Huygens with 15-2-4, Mirotic with 11-9-2-1-1 and Jalen Adams for Maccabi with 24-4. What are your top notes from this game? Corey Higgins is a a clutch player. That's where I got it. Uh, he is indeed. He is indeed. <laughs> and for, like, we will speak about their next game. And for two games in a row, he had the size of baskets in both games. But please continue. It's really nice to see him playing. Uh, I wasn't expecting to Maccabi to, to be so competent and so competitive in this game. Barcelona is winning, but he's not playing a really good basketball. So I want to see, I, I see if they can... Step up, but yeah, that's it. They they have the best players. Um, Lorenzo Brown off the court, still off the court. Baldwin has to take a lot of the responsibilities. I don't like that, but we will talk about that later. Um, so yeah, if if Lorenzo Brown is on this Maccabi team, I could see them being uh, top six, top five, top six, but. I don't like that the way they're they're playing because I don't want to see the ball that much on Baldwin's end. Yeah, Baldwin is is an interesting case because he's able to do so much and he's such a good player, but his decision making is a is a problem sometimes for 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 the team. Uh, he's able to elevate their ceiling to that top six probably, very likely. But in the other hand, he can uh, make bad mistakes in crucial moments of the game that can lead for them to to lose important games. Anyway, the, this was a very good performance for Maccabi uh, without Lorenzo Brown. Do you think Maccabi will be able to, to continue this level of performances with Lorenzo Brown probably out for one more round? I think they, they, can, they can still be on the, on the hate spot that they are right now. Um, they're a really good team. Um, they're athletic. So, yeah, I, I can see them. Uh, I'm looking forward to see... Uh, with um, with Lorenzo Brown on the court, it will be a fun team to watch because they were indeed with him. Yeah, they they were they were indeed a very fun team to watch. In this game, Barcelona started moving the ball very well. They had already thirteen assists in the end of the first half, and they were leading forty one thirty seven. Maccabi was very combat- combative and led by Wade Baldwin as it just spoke. In the third quarter, they managed to be up ten in this game despite having went to halftime losing by four. The, they had a, they, had, they scored 30 points in the third quarter and they had into the fourth uh, leading 62-67. Barcelona answered in the fourth quarter with a 10-2 run and uh, that run was crowned by a three-point from uh, Higgins after an offensive rebound by Satoransky that dev- 
that gave them back the lead 76-74. Barcelona was able to hold Maccabi scoreless for over five minutes in the fourth quarter and uh, their late defensive execution got them back into the game and locked them this win. It's uh, another loss for Maccabi on the road, but uh, it's it was mostly the best team winning this game. I think you agree on that. Yeah, I agree for sure. Moving on to Italy, we had Virtus receiving Red Star and they won 84-72. The MVP of the game was Shingelia with 15-4-4, Jaita with 11-8, and, and Vildoso was the best one for the road team with 20-3. It was a dominant first quarter for Virtus. They scored 30 points. Red Stars struggled to find offensive solutions early on and besides Vildoso attacking the, the basket and drawing some falls. Red Star didn't have anything else going on for them. I think that the coach Ivanovic summed it up very well in the end of the game and he was trying to avoid his post-game uh, questions. Uh, he said that uh, it was a very bad game, especially on defense and that, that was it. I think I agree with him, don't you? Yeah, I agree with him. Uh, yes, guys, who are uh, good offensive players, but it's like he said when a guy like Petrozev had a really good game, but he he gave uh, a bucket, two buckets against the other team. I I I can't recall uh, the team, but he, he said, yeah, he's a he's a really good player. But have you seen him defend? And it's really it nice. It was to see. their game against Zalgiris. Zalgiris, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, the game was against it? Zalgiris. It was it. Yeah, he couldn't stop Ulanovas. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't stop Ulanovas. <laughs> my my two all stars, Petrozev and Ulanovas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's strange to see this uh, Cervenas Vesa team playing. I I don't see uh, Campazzo adding that much because they're lacking on defense, not on offense. Well, I agree with you, and um, I think that uh, on this game specifically, uh, Campazzo might be able to help them because they were they were in this game struggling to find offensive solutions. But that they it's not what usually happens with them. And they are struggling to be able to stop teams on defense, as you just said. We will speak about their standings position later and uh, we will see what games they have ahead until they get Campazzo. Campazzo will for sure add to this team. But I think on this game, it was a, an important win for Virtus that um, will uh, will come out of this doubleheader with two wins. And Red Star is in trouble, I think. And we will get to it in detail uh, forward. Let's move on to the, the second day of round 22. And it started with FS Zalgiris. Zalgiris lost by 10 points, 80-70. In the FS courts, Clyburn was the MVP of the game with 19-7-3-1. Larkin with 10-3-4-2 was the other big performance for the home team. And Brasdakis with 25-3-3 was the best player for the for Zalgiris. About this game, all I want to say is the lack of athleticism that, the athleticism that Zalgiris has, it cost them this game. It, they couldn't stop a guy like Clyburn, even Bilbao had a really good game. Because they're faster, they're taller than than Zalgiris guys. Clyburn had a really good game, at 19 points, with a really efficient player. I don't, I don't know. Diogo isn't here, but I don't know if Diogo's still on the on the Hefes run or not. <laughs> <laughs> but he has said if they lost this game, he he was out. Let's see how where he stands after after we speak about the Olympiacos game. I'm curious but, about uh, that. Yeah, I agree with you. Like uh, they won this one, but it wasn't well played. It wasn't well played. 
it's really nice to see the Zalgiris player, the the two favorites that I have. Brazdekis, really good game, 25 points. And Ulanovas, 15, but they need some help. And this help might be uh, Isaiah Taylor, kind of kind of player, Keenan Evans that they got. It's a fun team to watch, but they're lacking on a point guard. Yeah, Evans was was excellent for them. Unfortunately, he's out for the season. But Isaiah Taylor can bring them some much needed playmaking, and uh, he was actually like he tweeted that uh, he was mad that he wasn't on, on Turkey right now because he could really help them their team and this was a game that they could have won because when you come unprepared for a fight with Zalgiris they will give you a run for your money even if they are not the favorite or if they are not the team with True. more arguments but they will fight for it and um, you could you could tell that Typhus wasn't uh, well, I don't know if I should say well-prepared or motivated. It has been a constant with them that they are not performing up to their standards or their levels. To the point they were, that... Uh, they were in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Even to- against Zalgiris, so... Totally. And they shouldn't, especially when Zalgiris is down so many important players. And uh, you mentioned Ulanovas and um, and the Brasdekis, and they managed to, to lead the run for them. I think Brasdekis scored eight points in a row, and then Ulanova scored seven points in a row in the third quarter for for them to get back to the game, but uh, it wasn't enough. And the superior firepower from FS uh, took over the game. A very interesting thing that I saw in this game was the lack of three point attempts early on for Zalgiris. They only shoot six times from three points in the first seventy minutes of the game. They average twenty three attempts per game, and uh, even their coach was asking them to to fix that. You can see that they are, and you have mentioned this before in another podcast. They are using a lot of ISO ball to try to find solutions to the lack of offense they have. They they are forcing a lot of actions through. Zaykas and Ulanovas that are clearly their two best players at this moment. But you see players like Roland Schmidt disappearing from the game because it's it's more of a player. He's a very high IQ player that plays in the flow of offense. He will be able to to score and to perform and to help. In off-ball in the, situation. Yeah, exactly. In the flow of the offense. But if you if you are forcing so much decisive situations, it's it's harder for them and um I think Zalgiris is, is starting to accuse the, the players that they are missing in the roster that is kind of short. And you can tell when they go to their bench, they, they struggle to find offense. For FSI, it was the first time of the season that Danson started over Plyce or Zizic. It was an interesting decision, but I think it was related with the more mobile front court of uh, Zalgiris. And you see that FS is also trying to find some uh, some solutions to try to, to perform better and they are playing around with uh, with their lineups and try to find better solutions to perform at a higher level than they have been doing so far. Danton has been playing well. He always brings some energy and he's able to block some shots, but you could tell that uh, they were causing more trouble to, to Zalgiris when they had plies and Zizic on the, on the floor because Zalgiris was, was forcing their way into the basket and with the more size from those players, they, it was harder for them to do so. Uh, a very positive note from FS side was for me, Elijah Bryant, that uh, he has been very important for them playing both ways of the court at quite of a high level. And they need players like those to keep them alive and to keep giving them good uh, good playing time. Uh, it's like you you mentioned that Dodson, the, the difference between Dodson and Zizic. As Zizic, when he got, he got in the game, you could, see, you could tell the difference for sure. Score less than Dodson. But 
in my opinion, the work that Dutson does it, uh, Zizic can do it too. But you could tell the difference for sure when you, when Zizic wa was in the game because Zalgiris couldn't match it against Zizic or even with, with Pais didn't didn't play that well or that that much of time. But they they didn't have answer for Zizic because Zizic size you you could you can defend that if you're Zalgiris team. Yeah, and and I even think that's probably one of the big advantages from FS. Like we we have spoken about it, and uh, I think it's a thing that they need to to play with a faster pace and to to do more because they have so much talent and they will be able to produce so much uh, easy offense that uh, if they play faster they will uh, outscore almost anyone and then with these players and with this size I think they have an extra from the other fast-paced teams that uh, like Basconi or Monaco that they can add and bring another level to their game besides their talents. I'm looking forward to see if Fs can step it up their game Let's see. I think they can, but the the rounds are becoming shorter to, until the end. So let's see. Yeah, it will be interesting to to see what FS does the rest of the season, and that's that has been a common theme of our conversations in this podcast, and something that we will be following closely. The next game was between Alba and Monaco, eighty four hundred and two. The MVP of the game was Monty Yunus with uh, 22-3-1. Okobo with 12-2-6-2 was one of the best players. And Wetzel was the best one for Alba, 17-2-1. The question that I have to make you is, what about your guy Proceed? 16 points in 18 minutes. That's all I have to say. <laughs> now, being <laughs> honest with you, uh, I don't like the way that Alba... Uh, offensive roles to proceed because he's playing a lot of off ball in in the corner tree. Uh, the, all I can see is him uh, in the corner tree. It's really strange for me to see that because he needs to to have the ball on his hands. But yeah, it's really nice to see him performing that that good. But in, he was in the garbage time. But he's one of the the best prospects in Europe and someone to follow closely closely in the next years. The Low was a late scratch for this game for Alba and um, their offense felt it and despite they having a good first quarter, Monarch took over the second quarter and dominated the game with their superior firepower. The game went as we would have expected and how important was for Monarch to secure this win? It's really important for Monarch to secure this win. They're one of the top um, they're one of the top teams on the standings and they can they can't slip up on this on this type of games so they must dominate and go to play the next one the next game was real madrid against Paratinaikos. the final score was 83 68 the mvp of the game was yabosel with 16 7 and two steals and moza had 12 5 and 3 and grigonis was the best one for the road team with 12 4 and 2 real madrid had alosan abalde and randolph and Paratinaikos didn't have ponitka and matt thomas and Agravanis weren't yet able to to play for the team real madrid imposed their will with a high level defensive performance and a very disciplined team they controlled the game from start to finish and you could hear on the post game interviews that players and coaches they were already thinking about Monarch game so what do you have to say about this game yeah this game doesn't that, that much of history uh, it's really nice to see guys like Yabuzel uh, and Zonia playing really good basketball because they because Real Madrid needs them 
for sure. Uh, Mario Ezonia, we'll talk about him later too. Uh, he's stepping up his game. Uh, Musa is stepping up too. It's really nice to see their forwards to playing to playing that good. Because when when Real Madrid uh, got them, I was thinking like, yeah, these forwards is what they're needing, and they now they're stepping up their game. It's really nice. But I'm looking forward to see if they can get a point guard because Sergio Lul is playing good good minutes, but I want to see them with another point guard. I don't know if you have the same opinion that I yeah, have. Yeah, they, they need a playmaker and uh, yeah. Sergio Rodriguez was able to give them some uh, good minutes uh, on these games, but they do need a, a, a playmaker or some other options. They might have the best wings in EuroLeague. I'm trying to run over all the other teams in the, in the EuroLeague. And uh, while there are teams with wings that are as good or maybe even better, they might have the best combination of wings of the, the EuroLeague. They are very strong, but they do struggle with playmaking. And in high-level games, that can be a problem for them because it will be hard to always... They will always need to perform at an extremely high level for them to to be able to, to win high-level games. This wasn't one of them. Palatinakis was done several players and they have been struggling on the road. They are the worst team in the EuroLeague on the road. And this was a good and easy win for the Real Madrid. It's a win. Wings league until the last minutes, and in the last minutes you need a playmaker. It's yeah. what they they're lacking. Totally, and it will be hard for them to outscore the best teams when it comes to it, and when it comes to playoff time and final four. Real Madrid has a great team. I don't know if they have the better prepared team to win it all, but we we will need to wait and see. And this was the recap of round 22 of the Euroleague. Stay tuned for more. On Tuesday, we will release the recap of round 23, and on Wednesday, we will release the preview of round 24 of the Euroleague. Make sure to follow us at Itos Euroleague. See you guys soon.